0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of 10,000 Roads to Financial Independence. Today, I have Madeline Vice. Madeline is a Harvard-trained, licensed psychotherapist, mindset expert, and board-certified executive, a career life coach who helps people master their minds so they can maintain and enjoy satisfaction and success in all areas of their life. She is a co-author in the handbook of Stress, Stressful transition across the lifespan and best selling author of the Getting to Great Five Steps Strategy for Work and Life. Madeline is a former group mental health practice administrative um, director, a corporation chief organizational development officer, and associate director of the Atomical Gift Program at Harvard Medical School, where she spoke before the joint committees in the status of women. As a corporate trainer, Madeline designed and developed programs for such diverse organizations such as Harvard Medical School, Legal Service Corporation, and AARP. She has been featured on NBC, Bold TV, Fox TV, appears frequently as a podcast guest expert, including Major, Lindsay, and Africa Erasing the Stigma, has written for the Thrive Global, Authority Magazine's Editor's List, Up Journey, My Perfect Financial Advisor, and conducted Webinars for such organization as American Bar Association and Harvard Law School Association MA. Wow, modeling, you're so decorated. Welcome to our show today. We're really glad to have you today. Love that, and thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. That's awesome. So I want to kind of give a sneak peek for our guest today. So Madeline actually come prepared with maybe a little bit five minute exercise for us coming from her book. Um, you know, the the great uh, getting to great five step strategy for work and life. Uh, we'll kind of get to that exercise later in the show. So stay on that. Um, so Madeline, we always ask our guest when we first started is what Uh, What incidents or events are people that in your life, when you're thinking back, really shaped you as the entrepreneur who you are today?
1: I told you in the green room, that's a really easy question for me. So we'll just jump in the deep end here. When I was 15 years old, my father, who was 42 years old, died suddenly. The, yeah, the um, doctors said he died of a cerebral my mother said he died of work. So, no surprise. And uh, I mentioned to you earlier, I'm the queen of pivoting. Yeah. But, and we can unpack that a little bit. But, no surprise, I wound up here today with this mindset that if I can help one little girl or boy's mommy or daddy find that happier, healthier, productive life. I'm doing what I was put here to do mommy or daddy or anybody at all. For that matter, I spoke when I was at Harvard medical school before the first year medical class each year. And there were these, these beautiful young people who were so stressed and I would ask them to fall still. And they would. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which I could never believe there were hundreds of them. And, and then all these otherwise, you know, uh, faces filled with angst would just become so peaceful. And I thought the first time I saw it, I thought, my God, I just touched every one of them. And when you think about how many lives mm-hmm. each one of them is going to touch over the course of their careers, it was um, very moving.
0: Yeah, that's a very impactful statement. Like, that's a very impactful moment, Madeline. Like, I think a lot of yeah. people find that their meanings and other people's, like, the impact they made to other people's life. Um, yeah. So, um, your father has passed away when you were fifteen. There's probably yep. a lot of mental struggle you have to kind of go through. Um, and well, uh, so, I'm how smiling. did you? Deal with that?
1: Yeah, I'm smiling at that because some of your listeners, and maybe you do or don't know the book, Madeline and yeah, the, Madeline. And yeah. That little French girl. girl. Yeah. And it said, um, she was not afraid of mice. She loved winter, snow, and ice. To the tiger in the zoo, Madeline just said poo-poo. Right. And so did I too many times to my dad. I was I was kind of mouthy. So for a long time, I went around, you know kids make up things in their head. Well, we all make up things in our heads. But for a long time, I I would always say he died of me one day breaking down with my mother in the cemetery. That was when she said to me, No, honey, it wasn't you. It was work.
0: Yeah, it was work.
1: Um, Yeah. So
0: so how did that? Like, obviously, hopefully that kind of lifted in terms of, you know, the stress that you have kind of put on yourself. And then how did that kind of like transition into, you know, your 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 life? Like uh, maybe that's yeah. why you took the choice of being a physical psychotherapist. Um, which well, is the... I didn't
1: do that right away. I was very uh-huh. concerned. I was concerned about my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom had worked for my dad's business. My dad gotcha. was a business owner. And she, she was a whiz with numbers. It was crazy. Like she'd sit there with the payroll, which back in the day, she just sat there with the numbers and uh, chings and uh, ching. Like, oh, like whoa, the calculator. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah In her head. I don't think wow. she had a calculator. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. But anyway, when he passed away, the business folded and she went to work in a steel factory. Wow. And um, I was worried about her. And I wanted to help. And I remember beating the doors on the streets, trying to get a job and not realizing like it was like nobody said yes. And I had this fantasy again, the child's mind. I had this fantasy that my mom was going to all the stores and saying, no, no, no don't hire her. But I realized later I was probably underage. Uh-huh. You know? At <laughs> 15 <So>, No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when I when I graduated, I wanted to not spend four years in college. I wanted to be able to work as soon as I could. So I went to the University of Pennsylvania Graduate Hospital School of Medical Technology. And in a year and a half, I got my first job in a clinical chemistry lab. Wow. Wow. So I was studying anatomy and physiology and serology and hematology and things I can barely even pronounce now. And then I went on to, this is why I call myself the queen of pivot. Then I went on to the USDA biological control lab. I worked at Drexel University's cardiac catheter lab, but there was always this pull to the people. Yeah. So eventually I got a degree in social work. Mm-hmm. So I could start working, you know, not with people, people. blood and guts and bugs and whatever. <laughs> yeah, the physical with, part of the medical. But, yeah, but actually really work with people. Yeah. And then I uh, somehow became an administrator and said to myself, "Self, so if you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to business school and got an MBA And came out with, in the meantime, I was also a psychotherapist, but I was putting, I was putting the corporation on the couch, as they say. So I was a chief organizational development officer for a period of time, Mm -hmm. but I um, really made the final, I think this is my final pivot. I, I talk a lot in the book about knowing who you are and finding the right environmental fit. Yeah. And I know, I know what that takes. And I know what that feels like. And it feels wonderful, because I, I feel like I'm there. Yeah. So
0: after we have interviewed over 50 guests on our podcast, yeah. I've noticed that for a lot of entrepreneur, it's this journey of finding themselves is really important. Um, and then I'm glad that you mentioned that in your book, you kind of talk about that. Now, kind of really high level, um, you know, I think this is obvious a life lifelong exercise we're doing here, but I'm trying to condense it for our listener over here. After all these years kind of soul searching, what are kind of some of the things that you can share with our audience so that help them finding themselves a little faster?
1: Okay, some of them are not going to like this because they're probably sick of hearing this. (laughs) But I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. Meditation. And what that does. See, I believe we all have everything we need inside of us. Yeah. To get from here to like I say, you know, great. Right. In our life. But we can't hear it. Yeah. There's all this wisdom, there's all this knowing. There's all this guidance, but we can't hear it. And we can't hear it because there's so much noise in there. Uh So when you quiet on the inside, it's really amazing how decisions are not that hard anymore because they're um, they sort of great ideas and decisions bubble up and you can hear them right yeah so
0: yeah and then to start with meditation uh, a lot of people like my grandma that for decades by the way yeah yeah. My, my, my grandma, I was like, oh, maybe you should meditate and decide what you want to do. And she's like, oh, I tried to meditate before. It didn't really work. Um, so to kind of start like getting ease into that, what, what would you suggest someone kind of do? Like, should they start with a shorter period of time and it kind of over time prolong that period? What is the
1: optimal okay. Okay. So I want everyone to know that on my website at madelaine there's a box. If you scroll down a little bit and it says complimentary mind management exercises and they're free there. Uh And my favorite is the power breathing exercise, which takes less than 30 seconds. Wow. And And what that does is it resets the mind and throws you up into the higher brain, where the more executive functioning is, and where you really want your decisions to be made from. So it kind of calms, it stimulates the polyvagal nerve and the parasympathetic nervous system and all of that. And it really, it really calms you in a way that throws you upstairs. So you kick it upstairs. Um, And that takes less than 30 seconds. Wow. That's amazing. Instruction. There's a one page instruction.
0: Yeah. So we'll definitely put that, um, the, the website, Madeline, can okay. you repeat for us uh, down on our show notes over here for sure. our listener to kind of listen to?
1: Yeah. It's MadelineWeiss.com. It There's also, these are all one sheet. There's also something called the breathing room, mm-hmm. which is a more fuller fledged meditation and there are apps all over the place. I mean, it's it's very easy to get your hands on it. And when people are just starting, it's it's the same exact thing they say about physical exercise. When they say, should I do this? Should I do that? The answer is always, you should do the one that you'll actually do. Yeah. So if you want to start with 30 seconds, great. You want to start with three minutes, great. Whatever. There's, um, there's something that I like. That's called the Goldilocks principle. <laughs> so, the Goldilocks principle means that the brain likes novelty, it likes new stuff, it likes action, it likes to see there's something going on here. Yeah. But if it's too big, too much, it yeah. shuts down. Right. Like too much. So, it has to be just big enough to excite the motivational centers of the brain so that. You stay excited and keep going, but not so big that it shuts you down. So not too hot, not too cold, but just right. And that's why they called the golden
0: principle. Nice. That's awesome.
1: I will definitely check it out
0: as well. Um, I, I do do meditation as well. I find that's being very helpful. Um, again, sticking with the habits is uh, often the, the challenge over here, which is kind of making sure that. Like you said, do the exercise that you actually will do is the most important one. You
1: said something I think is really important. You said that was it your grandmother or somebody said to you, I don't think it worked. We have to be really careful how we define whether it's working or not. Right. First of all, you don't get a grade for doing it. You Uh either do it or you don't do it. But people also think that. They're not supposed to have any thoughts. The mind is on automatic; it wanders seventy percent of the time. It's all over the place, and every time you notice that, you win. So the win isn't that you go brain dead. <laughs> yes, The win is that you start noticing what's going. What's your thoughts? Like be
0: able to kind of elevate it out and observe that that there's actually the thought this process is going on. Yeah,
1: this it's- is what's going on in there. It's astounding. Yeah. What kind of junk is in there, actually?
0: <laughs> that's awesome. So you're meditated your way um, to deciding to do the pivot. Uh, and then that's kind of like a long process over here, too. Um, and how do you know this is not your last pivot? How did you know that this is maybe your final pivot? Maybe, I guess the, the keyword word is maybe, yeah.
1: I said to somebody last night, I was with a group of people. In a philosophy class, and they were all talking about how they were going to apply philosophy to their lives um, to be better or to make it better, like for for continuous improvement, let's say. Right. And when they got to me, I said, you know, honestly, I feel like I'm on maintenance and I really appreciate the reinforcement because I consider myself an instrument for the use of the people I care about, which includes my clients and my family and my friends and so on. And I feel like we need to keep the instrument polished and clean and Mm fine-tuned. And the study of philosophy helps me to do that. And other people can do that in other ways. So I like the maintenance. I like the reinforcement. Yeah. But there is this sense of being there. You know, I always say to my clients, be present. Yeah. Where do you want to go? No, no. Oh. Actually, having achieved. Oh, uh, like at the stage, that,
0: the optimal stage where where you like, um, enjoy. Great. Yeah. Life. So the so the title of the book is getting too great. Yeah. So getting feel too feel great like, for, yeah for working, and then so you're at the stage of where your optimal is, and that's I feel like. That way. Right. And then, and then I think that's really the essence of our audience here is like, we're trying to pursue for financial independence, but Uh it's not really the financial independence people are going after. It's that equilibrium of happiness. This is where I want to be there. I feel satisfied and surround myself with who I choose to be with. Um, that that's kind of more the important. That's a really important
1: point. Also the, um, i study pre hindu tradition and the hindus talk about good company and you just just put your finger on how important it is um who gets in our lives and who doesn't and you're saying that it takes a certain amount of financial independence but it takes a certain amount of emotional independence also to right. get that picky yeah yeah, definitely.
0: Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm now kind of uh, curious, I'm gonna ask this question, you should definitely read the books, right? Mm-hmm. Getting to great five steps strategy, work in life. Now, like, I'm a shortcut person, <laughs> I was trying to get to the shortcut. So it's like, Madeline, describe to us maybe the five steps, like on the higher level
1: what okay. are they okay so i had asked myself at some point you know i looked at all the people who are my clients and i'm thinking god these people are doing so great but they're so different from each other in age occupation gender ethnicity whatever whatever and i thought but what do they all have in common right that's the secret sauce here mm-hmm. and i came up with that they all went through this process and i be happy to unpack that for you. So it's g.r.e.a.t. And you can only imagine how thrilled I was to see that it fit into an app as good as that, right? Yeah. The g is for grounding in the belief that it doesn't have to be like this, that we all have everything we need inside of us to live really great lives. A lot of people don't believe they can make a great living and live a great life all at the same time. Yeah. But you can, and you have everything you need. When people come to me, pretty much they just want some of the pain to stop. Yeah. They're not really believing they can have a great life. So I hold, I hold that knowing because I see them doing it one after another. So I hold that space for them until they can step into it and own it and run with it till they're grounded G for grounded in it themselves. You were mentioning earlier, the importance of recognizing who you are. So the first line of the book is a great life depends on a great fit between who we are and the environments in which we work and live. Well, if you need a fit between who we are and the environments we immerse ourselves in, we need to know who we are. And, right. and a lot of people can have a better grip on that mm-hmm. than they sometimes do. So the R is for recognizing who we are, not who someone else said we should be, or even who we may have thought all along we should be, but mm-hmm. what are true interests and values and aspirations and challenges, who we really are. And then... With a so that's gr. Then with a greater sense of that under our belts, they go exploring. So they start dreaming and spinning all kinds of ideas about. Yeah. I can do this, and I, I was talking to someone the last hour, and she could get a PhD, but maybe she wanted to go into candle making. You know, like yeah. <laughs> so we, we just throw just throw it open. The sky's the limit. Dream away right Um, and sometimes you know it's possibilities they um always dreamed about but thought nah i can't do that sometimes it's stuff they never even thought of right and but we can't stay stuck in dreamland you know to use the buzzword we have to manifest so we have to do something Mm -hmm. so um william james said Action doesn't guarantee happiness, but there's no happiness without it. So it's G-R-E for exploring, A for action. action. Yeah, You have to take some action on that. Otherwise, you're just in la-la land. Yeah. So there's that. And then no sooner do we start acting on these things than the normal, natural, predictable, expectable, inherent resistance to change more often than not crops up. Mm -hmm. And so the T is for tackling that resistance. Mm -hmm. So that's the G-R-E-A-T. Nice.
0: That's awesome. And I almost feel like I hear you talking about this and almost kind of manifested in like a lot of us, some are members and students on EZFIU. This is actually like our thought process organically is to be grounded and understanding what your vision of that reaching financial independence look like for you. It can't just be reaching financial independence for reaching financial independence sake, but it's it's to achieve a certain vision of your life. So you have to kind of envision that too, but believing yourself that you can actually get there. So the ground the recognize part and then the envision part, which is the explore part, what you talked about over here, and then it's taking actions, making sure that we're tackling them and and helping in almost any type of mentoring system this is kind of what you try to get supports on because you you may not have the tools to do it, but you need the people like you, Madeline, um, expert on helping their mind to get to where they need it to be. Um,
1: There's a wonderful neuro-linguistic programming exercise for exactly what you're talking about. And it goes by V-A-K. So I do, and I will tell you right now what that is. I do this exercise with people where they imagine like they're looking at a movie screen. Yeah. And the V is for visual, the A is for auditory and the K is for kinesthetic. So I ask them, and this is kind of where you were just going now. Yeah. I ask them, what do you see? What does that look like? What's the expression on your face? What are you wearing? How are you walking? Yeah. And then what are you, A, what are you hearing? Yeah. And then how does how do you feel? What's the experience of it like that for you? And the NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming premise, is that you sink that, you immerse, you bathe the brain in that, Mm -hmm. because the brain doesn't know the difference pretty yeah. much between what's real and what's not real right so you kind of program your brain in that and it keeps you directed mm. it keeps you moving in the right oh. direction right so that through this great process there is the vision that you're talking about mm-hmm. is actually formed it doesn't mean you can't tweak it but they begin to get a sense of this is this is really possible
0: yeah, this is possible. I mean, like you just said it over there, which is this is really possible because we kind of going through our lives. A lot of them is kind of sad. When I'm looking at my grandma's, you know, generation, etc., they they kind of put this no first. Like, yeah. don't do this. No, like almost kind of live a whole life of restraint and not really getting to what is possible for them. Like any dreams is kind of really possible if uh, they allow themselves to
1: be immersed in there. Like... In all fairness to your grandma, I think the brain is really more is programmed more to keep us safe. Right. Than because to show us than to show far. us a yeah. good time. Yeah. So that that kind of um precaution mm-hmm. is built in. And then I think there are all kinds of cultural issues yep. that yep. really lay it on right. just to keep it to keep people safe. So that's why we use that Goldilocks principle. So at the end of every session, people carve out action steps, one or more action steps. Mm -hmm. And the principle is not too big, not too little, but just right. Because the brain gets scared. Yeah, Yeah. When it's saying, no, 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 And you think you're going to just overrule that whole thing. It's really better to do teeny little baby steps one exactly. after another. And before you know it, you got used to it and you're not scared and you're there. Right. It's kind of like a, getting successful
0: after each little steps. Like you're like a positive reinforcement of that versus if you're trying to lose like 50 pounds, let's say by three months, you're more likely right. going to fail because it's right. a negative reinforcement. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, that's
1: awesome. when I decided um, I was working in Harvard Medical School for 13 years at a very good job when I decided to pivot to this. Mm. And I remember I moved from um, Boston, Cambridge area to mm. here. So they threw me a little goodbye party, some colleagues of mine. And I remember they said to me, like, what do you think? You're just like going to walk into DC and hang out a shingle, like, ta da, I'm here. And I said, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to try because it just, it just felt so right. And I think when things, when you're quiet and things bubble up and they have that, this feels so right. They just sort of take care of themselves somehow. It feels like right. magic. Yeah. Yeah. Cause
0: it's like redirecting yourself and then motiv- once you are motivated, you can do a lot of amazing things. Um, for sure. So you mentioned to me Madeline before in our green room, you, you mentioned to me about, um, you know, the relationships with money in the chapter that you had, um, in your book. Um, getting to a great five-step strategy for work and life. You mentioned about this relationship of money. I feel like that's really relevant uh, to our audience over here because oftentimes people that listen to our show, they kind of focus on the mechanisms and the how-tos to get to um, the financial independence, which oftentimes is associated with money. But I think a very few of us thinking about that as a relationship with money. Can you kind of unpack that a little bit and share with us some exercise Kind of thinking about this.
1: I put this in the book, which was published recently, but I did it myself mm-hmm. many years ago, and I really feel like it was um, a kick in the pants, um, an eye-opening, life-changing thing. And I told you it's so simple and kind of funny, mm-hmm. but um, really made a difference. So I'm. It's short enough, if you don't mind, I'll read yeah. it to you. Yeah. So the exercise is called relationship building for your money and you a wise mentor once said to me, we have to take care of those we count on to take care of us. Have you ever thought of your money as existing to take care of you? Mm -hmm. Have you thought of yourself as endowed with the right and the responsibility to take care of it so that it can take care of you? Mm What kind of relationship do you have with your money? This exercise is designed to help you identify who you are in relationship to your money and to begin to assess how happy and healthy you believe that relationship is. So to practice, find a quiet spot, make yourself comfortable closing your eyes or simply gazing downward. Do you want to do this?
0: Yeah, I will do this.
1: Okay. (laughs) And open to the sound around you. Connect with one of the senses by opening to the sound around you. And this helps to settle down your busy mind. You can do this anywhere, anytime. Open your listening to the sound around you. And now imagine that you are in a daytime talk show, having a beneficial conversation with someone you are intimately involved with about what it's like to be in a relationship with you. Only that person is your money. So you're sitting in one chair and your your money is sitting in the other chair. And the ground rule is that neither of you can argue with the other's point of view. Today, we're here to listen and learn. Half of America is watching. What will you tell your money about what it's like to be in a relationship with it? Now it's your money's turn to talk. What's your money going to say about what it's like to be in a relationship with you? What do you think you two can work out to improve your relationship and your life going forward? And when you're ready, you come back into the room. Yeah,
0: it's great. I think from this exercise, I came up to, I actually have a pretty good relationship with my money. Well, I I, I think that kind of makes sense because we have, I have reached a financial independent. There is this choose and uh, control with where my money goes and uh, how I want to grow it. And the choice that I have to not have to work for it, right, or be enslaved by it. Um, And so I feel like, um, you know, we're in a happy place. But I can well, see this
1: exercise, I did it. Yeah, we were not, we were not. so oh, you were not. Yeah, no. So my money complained. Okay. My money said to me, you don't enjoy me. Huh, okay. I want to make you happy and you just ignore me. You just let me sit there and you don't like spend me. You don't let me do anything nice for you. You don't enjoy me and it's really frustrating.
0: Yeah, so you save, you're saver, I'm guessing like it just sits there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I had what we now like call a scarcity mindset.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And you know, that kind of fits with my story. My father died. I didn't know where the money was gonna come from. I was right, mom. you know, the whole thing. So it kind yeah. of and um I realized how right that was. And what is the money for? Yeah. And yeah. why would I not allow myself to be given to by myself? Yeah. And something happened mm-hmm. after that where I started spending more. I relaxed about it and somehow it grew in a way that i now feel i feel like i live in abundance and it all happened it's sort of like um adam smith's invisible hand or something yeah it's like it there wasn't a lot of deliberateness there wasn't a lot of like thinking about it but something something shifted on the inside that allowed me to ease up with it and somehow it resulted in feeling, more. Yeah. Yeah. feeling yeah. more. yeah. Feeling more. Yeah. I, and I think- experienced wealth when I never did before and not a lot. I mean, it grew over the years for sure, but yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: And then so what do you think, um, like, let's kind of get into a little technicality over here. What part, can you give an example where you kind of let it go, letting that scarcity go, and then it resulting in it growing, like kind of more of a, you know, physical example of it when that incident and when that happened?
1: Well, what comes to mind with your question is that old saying, you have to spend money to make money. I think there might have been some of that. Mm -hmm. So investing, that's so it wasn't just investing in my guilty pleasures, although I forced myself to do more of that. And I only buy very fine quality. I I love that. I love that. I come to a reason realization. I wear the same thing all the time. Yeah. But it's good.
0: Yeah. Like the minimalism, I, I think the minimalism thought and what I come to realization is like minimalism actually costs money like even though like the on the surface of it looks like oh we're minimizing everything getting rid of it oftentimes people mistake that as in like oh it's a thrifty thing but when you look at the minimalism and that whole movement about minimalism it's actually no it's about fine quality everything that you let into your home has to be you really love and oftentimes that may cost like double triple the amount like it's kind of like going to i used to be a bargain shopper like buying clothes it's like oh i'm just gonna go on the five dollar sale and buy like 50 of these pants but then i don't actually enjoy any of that so instead of right and instead of spending like five hundred dollars on the pair of pants and then just kind of wears it every day um
1: you um it isn't for show as much as it gives you a sense yeah of self definition that it's that defines you in a way that you know they say that the external world is a mirror image of the internal world yeah so I completely agree with you that every time I downsized from a five bedroom house on two acres to a one bedroom one bedroom condo with one and a half wow. bedrooms, but there were that yeah there were a couple steps to that. Yeah. Every time I offloaded stuff, Mm -hmm. I just got happier and lighter and happier and lighter and happier and lighter. But I think our point about, uh, fine quality is, is key there. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, Madeline, um, I'm enjoying spending time so much with you over here Me in the show. You know, I, I absolutely would, um, you know, right after we hand up our phone over here, I'd definitely go check out your book. And in fact, maybe uh, giving that to some of our investors as well as a part of that. Because I think I, I definitely agree with like a lot of this reaching financial independence where we're in pursuing really of happiness. It's like knowing what happiness look like. Um, is really going to be bring you the financial, whether it's financial independence or you're living the life where you want to be. I think that's really the ultimate goal. Um, So really enjoy our conversation here. And again, (laughs) Madeline, how do we find out uh, about you? Can you kind of let us know again? How how does our listener find out about you? Uh, And I just can't imagine uh, if they become clients or viewers, um, how much joy they will just... You know, have um, and yep. uh, having someone in
1: in, in their life we like you are, ha- we yeah. we do have fun, and everybody does really. I mean, the the businesses that they're building are just knocking my socks off. So yeah. everything is on my website. I mean, you can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter, but all the little icons actually are on the website at MadelineWeiss dot com um i have an online um course that is based on the book and that's on superpeer.com and let's see i blog i do a blog on everyday matters you know why we are the way we are and how it matters in everyday life and how we can do it better um every week so if people go to my website and pull down any one of those exercises or just join the mailing list. Mm -hmm. They'll get that every week for free and all the exercises are free. That's awesome. And again,
0: once again, Madeline, Thank you so much for your time. Uh, we have really a lot of great time with Madeline Vice over here. And definitely check out her book about getting to great five-step strategy for work and life. I, I really enjoy our time today here thank today. You. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.